0: Oh, we're starting a new sermon series today called make your move make make, make your move uh, it's a really important one for me uh, it's one of the ones that like there's certain topics i like to preach on uh, this is one of them and, and the reason is is because i think a lot of christians a lot of godly people underperform their potential i think a lot of people um, they don't reach what god wants to do in their life I, i've said it for years if the life you're living is anything other than the result of a god-sized miracle in other words if you can live the life you're living without God intervening, intervening, you're not living the life God has for you. You should be able to look at your life and go, there is no way that I would marry that person, that I would have this job, that I would have this door open to me, that I would, I would walk in this talent without the, the God of the universe intervening in my life. And if you can say, "No, I can do it on my own then you're probably not reaching your, for, your full potential. And at some point, you can't afford to live in potential in your life. You know what I'm talking about? When you're like, that person, if they would just do that, man, they would be awesome. If they would just make that decision, like that, I, I do it a lot with, with my, I think to myself, that person's not married yet, uh, and they're dating somebody. And I, It's not that I don't like the person. It's just that I don't like the person. And so, like, I don't, I don't think they're God's best. And I think to myself, if they would just, break up with with that person and the truth is if you would break up with that person then maybe God could do something in that person's life that you're getting the way of but if you would just end that relationship man God could do something incredible with your life he could bring you the person that's supposed to be in your life there's other people I think man if they would just let go of that financial stronghold they have in their life where man they hold everything that God gives them they would just let let it go and give it to God man God could do some things there's some business owners that I know that I think if you would just put God first in your business and in everything you do and rearrange your schedule and make sure you're not working on Sunday it worked for Chick-fil-a amen and so you're not working on Sunday you're gonna put God first man if you would just man what would God do with, with your life right? like what could God do you can't afford to live a potential for the rest of your life and so think about it in your in your current life all of us want things from God that we don't have yet right like, you, we, you should. If you're not asking for anything, you get 100% of what you don't, you, get, you don't get any. Like, if you don't ask for it, you don't get it, right? That's what the Bible says. You have not because you ask not, right? And so what is something in your life right now you've been praying for? Like, like right now. Think, think about it. Right? Write it down. Type it. What is something you've been asking God to do? What is something maybe you feel like you've been waiting on God for a while to, to come through on? And let me just, let me just make this, this statement to you, because oftentimes in those moments, we're praying, we're asking, we're waiting, right? And we get confused by, by waiting. Oftentimes in our lives, we assume we're waiting on God, but what I found in my own life is oftentimes, God, he's waiting on me. Uh, oftentimes he's he's waiting on me he's waiting on me to step out he's waiting on me to let something go he's waiting on me to make the first move you see a lot of christians are what i would call spectators but to be a follower of christ you got to be a participator you you got there is no spectators right like some of you that is your christian walk what do you do you're a spectator you come to church you don't serve you don't give you sit in a seat you're like, this is really cool, like the music, really talented. You don't come early, you don't stay late, you don't take out trash, you don't make coffee, you don't watch kids, you don't park cars, you don't do anything, you're just a spectator. You just come and you leave. And you're like, why why is my life so feel so fruitless and empty? Because you're a spectator. It's the same as you trying to celebrate a championship from the sidelines. Eventually, like, you're not a part of it. You're just a spectator. You're, you're a spectator. It's the same as getting a tattoo. and Somebody says, oh, have you served in the military? No, I watched an army movie. So I got, like, you know what I'm saying? That's called stolen valor, by the way right you're a spectator there is no such thing as spectators and spectators often suffer and they die that's what happens when you just sit back and watch there's no such thing as a spectator we are all called to be participators think about it I was praying in Bible college for a wife praying God I want your best and by your best I mean that girl over there that's the best right <laughs> and God I had very I, I, like standards and here's what, I, here's what I want and then I remember I, I saw leah I, I saw her a few times, and you know, thought she was really attractive and thought that could be you could be the answer to god's prayer, but you know what i didn't do i didn't go, okay, God, if it's your will, you know have her fall into my lap in the cafeteria <laughs> and I just sat there and I wait, guess what I would still be single, right? You know what I had to do? I had to participate i God certainly brought her, her, her by my path right like we crossed paths i'm from oak uh, she's from oklahoma i'm from pennsylvania but when i saw her what i had to do i had to ask some of you some of you guys are like i can't find a girlfriend have you ever asked somebody out outside of social media <laughs> when's the last time you walked up to a female like walked up not creepily <laughs> hey i saw you over in church blessings that's creepy that's creepy right and just said hey you know, would you like to go get, I don't want to marry you, but I want to, I'd like to go get coffee with you sometime. I'll pay. I'll pick you up in my car. It's not my mom's car. I got a car. Got, you know what I'm saying? Like what? Participation. Can you imagine if I got married and I was like, you know, just praying that God would give us a baby. What does it take to have a baby? Yeah. <laughs> I would gladly participate in that, right? And help God bring me an answer to, his, to my prayer, right? Like there's participation Come on, that was something you like, you can say that? Absolutely, you can say that in church. <laughs> There's participation required. Listen, this woman said this, and I don't know who this is. Don't You can Google her. I don't know if she's good or bad, but I liked her quote. She said this. She said, if you don't go after what you want, guess what? You'll never have it. If you don't ask, this is biblical, by the way. If you don't ask, the answer will always be what? Come on, tell me. No, and if you don't step forward, this is common sense. You're always going to be in the same place. In fact, for our staff, we, we had an opening staff meeting on Monday this year, this week, for our, you know, to start. And we did a, I did a talk, No Growth, No Goals this year, No Goals, No Growth, same, that, that kind of thing. Like, we need to set some goals. We need to go after some God sized dreams, both personally, as leaders, in our families. Our, my wife and me, we did some things where we're talking about what are some of the things we want to grow in. And I shared this Bible verse, and it's kind of going to be my foundational Bible verse for this concept in my life. And for 2 Peter 1, it says, His divine power, that's an important word, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness so that word power is important though through these he has given us every is very great and precious what everybody say that word with me promises you guys read can you read that far promises he gives us power he gives us promises so that through them you may do what participate in his divine nature so what does it mean you get to have his promises and his power but what's your role participate you got to step out you got to step up you got to change something you got to let something go you're not a spectator and watch what he says in verse in in verse number five second peter one he says for this reason what does he say he says for you leaders for you type a personalities that are always trying to improve yourself you're going to like this verse he says make every effort make the effort step up stop making excuses to add faith uh, to your faith goodness and goodness knowledge and knowledge self control and self control perseverance and perseverance godliness and godliness mutual affection and mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective some of you are here right now they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive with what with the both the promises and power of God some of you are going why is my christian life so fruitless Why is it so powerless? Because you refuse to participate. There are no spectators in the Christian life. You have to participate. So some of you have been waiting for a sign. Here it is. Some of you have been been waiting for a sign. We're going to talk about some very specific things. Today I want to talk to you on the topic of what I call the the title a hard stop. I don't know if you ever heard that. If you're a business owner, if you lead meetings, they tell you you should have a start time and you should have a What? stop time you ever been in a meeting where there's no stop time before you know it you're looking at you know baby deer on tiktok <laughs> right you're like what are what are we meeting about oh yeah we're supposed to be playing this event over here right and you can just meet because you like each other, you're laughing, you're having a good time before you know five hours has passed and you haven't even planned out the first step of the meeting. And so the best, the best meeting, the best business meetings, the best church meetings that I've been a part of, they have a, they have a start time and it's like, okay, we're going to move really strategically because we have a stop time. If you're a home group leader, maybe you refuse to lead a home group because you know people stay, especially church people, they'll stay all night, right? And you're like, I get up at 9.30, I have a real job, I have kids, I have all this stuff, I go to work. And so, man, I'm going to encourage you, you lead a home group this next semester, you're going to have a start time, what are you going to have? Listen, I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm a grown-up. You can come at this time, and guess what you got to do? you got to leave at this time. We do this at church, we don't start our service at 10.15 and just go where the Spirit leads us. <laughs> I got a clock back there. It says here is how much time that you have. You have a a hard stop. And here's why this is so significant. Some of you, you have been uh, delaying. You have been dragging your feet. You have been saying stuff like this. Like this year, I'm going to do this. And then that year passes and you never did that. I'm gonna make this change. I'm gonna adjust this in my eating style. I'm gonna start to give money. I'm gonna get up early. How many of you said that? You know what? In 2021, I'm gonna get up early, and and then it got to the first. You're like, well, I stayed up late on the 31st, so I'm gonna start on Monday, right? I'm going to put off, man, in 2021, I'm going to become the type of man that that God sees fit to trust with a woman so that I can lead her and love her and treat her like a queen, and I'm going to play less video games, and I'm going to do this, and then Fortnite comes up with an update, a new skin, right? (laughs) What the heck is that, right? And you're like, I got to beat this level, right? I got to beat Billy from China over here. He keeps beating me, right? And a hard stop. And so here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you about these moments in your life where you say, you know what, I got to make a change. And here's what's so interesting about these moments. These oftentimes won't end up in your highlight reel. There won't be moments that people will take pictures of. But they will be catalysts. Like, let me give you, my my parents raised me, obviously. And uh, when I was 13 years old, I started getting all sorts of trouble. All sorts of trouble. I have a very low uh, conscience. And so uh, I don't feel bad for very long. I call it the grace of God problem, right? And so, like, I just don't. Now, I, as an older man, 40, I do, but. But I just, I don't, I don't, str- and so I didn't really have a conscience at all when I was 30 because I wasn't a Christian yet, even though I grew up in church. And so I was stealing, and I was looking at pornography, and I was dipping, and I was smoking, and anything that I could do that felt like I was tough, I was doing those things with my friends. And my parents were pastors, and they didn't really know about it and so one day in, in, in seventh grade, the last day of the summer, going into eighth grade, I got caught at Dorney Park in, in, in Allentown stealing. Uh, my life changed in that moment. This dude's hand came in the back of my thing, undercover cop says, I saw you stealing a necklace, by the way, I stole a necklace, called my parents over the loudspeakers, my life ended there, like it just changed, and, and they found me, and they're like, what are you doing, and I was like, you know, I, I didn't tell them everything, because I still haven't told them everything that I was doing, because of my parents, and so <laughs> they're not watching right now, and, and so there was all sorts of things that I was doing, and then I went to eighth grade, and I started making really bad decisions, I was in eighth grade for two days, and I remember my parents were like, we had to make a change, we have to make a change. I'm like, what's the change I me? Mean? We have to take you out of that school. I'm like, what school are you going to send me to? I'm, like, I'm going to send you to private school. You're going to send me to hell? What you say? <laughs> I'm going to send you to private school. What school? I'm going to send you to Salem Christians. Go up on the hill in Mekunji. Where is Mekunji? We don't know, but we're sending you there. <laughs> and I remember in Burlington Coat Factory, the week, weekend before we went, they are going to transfer me to school. the first week of school. I made it two days in. They took me out. They took me to Burlington Coat Factory right and they said pick out a new wardrobe I said wait me pick out a new wardrobe they're like you can't wear jeans at your new school I said what you got to wear they said you got you can wear khakis or you can wear corduroys I was 13 I was like corduroys they'll don't, don't scratch me and chafe me I wear corduroys it's not the 70s you're like you can wear corduroys or you can wear... and I remember going to the school I was so mad but I look back at my life it's not in any of the books they're not like hey there's your first day of your school because you were a rebellious sinner there's your sweet corduroys But if they didn't make that decision in my life, I wouldn't be here today. If they didn't have the guts to make a hard stop in my life, I would have never became who God wanted me to be. I don't know what I would have been doing, but I probably would have been in a cell somewhere. Right? A little 12 by 12 cubicle. Like, that's where my life was going. I I didn't, I wasn't, like, I'm I'm not even playing. Like, I was going down the path that was really dark, and they said, hard stop. And some of you, these, this is this moment I'm talking about. Some of you going towards an affair, 2020 wore you down. You're gonna make a hard stop right here in that relationship. Some of you got off course and you're, you're thinking and, and you're eating. And man, how many of you use the excuse of 2020? T- Nothing is normal. So I became undisciplined and I stopped eating right and I stopped exercising and now it's your hard stop. Some of you stop giving i'm gonna make a hard stop in this moment some of you there's a relationship that you're currently in that you're not supposed to be in i gotta make a, a hard stop some of you have allowed bitterness to grow in your soul it's just eating you away you went to the holidays and that sibling that you already didn't like you had an argument about mask and politics and now you can't stand them and bitterness is eating at your soul right you need to make a hard stop on that bitterness. You need to choose to forgive. A hard, hard stop. I want to show you a story in Scripture as we, as we kind of end this, this sermon. Uh, but in, in Genesis chapter 39, want, there's, a, there's a man named Joseph. One of my favorite stories. The uh, reason I like it is because the Bible says God uses all things for, for his good. Right? And when you hear that, you're like, all things? Like, uh, this happened to me. That was done to me. This was said about me. How does he use all things? Well, Joseph shows you that. Joseph is the youngest of 11, of 11 brothers. Could you imagine that house? And uh, his father, the Bible says, favors him. So he has 10 older brothers. Uh, we, we learn in the story that his father gives him a coat. If you've been in Sunday school, church, you, you saw the coat. It was a little flannel on a flannel board at some point or a video maybe. It was a coat of many colors. Oftentimes it was striped. It doesn't say it in the Bible, by the way, but we, 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 we illustrated it like that. And so was, the Bible says it's an elaborate coat, a nice coat. doesn't give any of his brothers a coat. just gives the younger brother a coat. A coat, Joseph. So resentment starts to build in his brothers, right? Then Joseph starts to have dreams. He's a young man. He starts to have these dreams where he is one object and his brothers are represented in different objects and in the dreams are bowing down to him. So as you can imagine, if you have a younger sibling and now he has a coat and now he's talking about dreams where you're going to bow down. Side note, uh, there's sometimes God gives you dreams in your heart that nobody else knows about that you're not supposed to talk about. Because it makes you look like an idiot. Right? Like it makes you look arrogant and pompous. There's things in my life that I have held true to, beliefs and dreams, that still I have not yet seen, that I rarely tell anybody that I know and I think are going to come true some, someday, that I don't want to tell anybody because I don't want them to think I'm arrogant. And he, here's, here's him. He tells them and they get mad at him. The Bible says that they take him uh, on a trip, hunting trip, without the dad, uh, and they fake his death. They take his jacket off, they rub blood from an animal, they sell him to, to a slave owner, and they go back to their father and they say Joseph was killed in an accident with an animal. Here's his jacket. They sold him. He ends up in this, this man's house named Potiphar. One of the cool things about the story of Joseph is how many of you have ever made an excuse when you're in a situation for your actions? right? look, I lost my temper, but here's why. I posted something online over the last year but just because there's so many idiots out there, right? Like I got mad at, my, my, at this person because of blank. I said this curse word because of blank. Some of you, it's even worse. I look at this because of blank. I, I slept with this person before I'm married because of, of blank, right? Like we do that a lot with God. We give a because of. And so Joseph, he could have said because of what God has done to me. When I get to where I'm going, I'm not going to serve him anymore. I'm not going to follow him. I'm not going to listen to the teachings of my dad who told me God is good and God is faithful and God has a plan for my life. No, I'm going to live like I want to live. And he gets to this man Potiphar's house and the Bible says he finds favor. Why? Because he doesn't let his circumstances determine his decisions. He lives with integrity. He lives with character. Some of you you need to hear this because some of you are at a job right now, and you're failing, and you're blaming everyone else, and it's probably your fault. You're not being overlooked. You're being outworked probably. Come on, that's good preaching. Somebody needs to tell you. You're on your phone all the time. You're constantly looking for other jobs. You're stealing money from your company, and you think nobody's watching you, but I can tell you as a boss, you're always being watched. Your boss is looking to promote somebody, he's looking to build, or or she is looking to build their company through people, and you are always being watched. Some of you are saying, no, no, and I'm telling you, the life of Joseph, no matter where he went, he always found honor, and he was always promoted, because his decisions were not determined by his circumstances. And the Bible says he finds so much favor, that he starts to find favor with Potiphar's wife. You find out in the book of Genesis chapter 39, and you can imagine, uh, Potiphar's a busy man. He's a high-ranking official in Egypt. He travels a lot. He's on business. He's not fulfilling the needs of his wife, physical, emotional, spiritual. And here's Joseph. And the Bible says in verse number, uh, chapter 39, verse number 6, now Joseph, what is he? Come on, he's well-built and he's handsome. I don't know what that looks like, but all of us got a picture, right? He's a stud. He's good-looking. He's got it going on, right? He's well-built, he's well the Bible says. And after a while, his master's wife takes notice of him and says this. Watch this, she just goes for the jugular. Come to bed with me. I mean, if you're in this situation and you're Joseph, are you not going, oh, sweet. Come on, let's be be honest. You're a slave. Your brothers faked your death. You've done nothing wrong. The Lord has abandoned you. You got the the, the master's wife coming at you. He's not there. You're taking care of his house. Technically, this is part of his house. And now she's propositioned me to come to bed with her. And watch what the Bible says, and this is so good. He says, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in his house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in his house than me. My master has withheld nothing from me except for you because you are his wife how could i do such a wicked thing and though watch this verse number six, 10 says and though she spoke to joseph day after day what did he do he refused to go to bed with her though she came at him day at some, some of you are like well, i hit my limit i said no once <laughs> couldn't say no again the bible says it gets so bad she corners him one day you keep reading the story i don't have time to read it to you she corners him one day and uh, she, has, she is desperate at this point. This is, this is a lifetime movie, but the roles are reversed. You know what I'm talking about? Guys are always bad in a lifetime movie. Girls always not, right? This is different. This is some desperation. This is some housewife stuff, right? She comes at him. Nobody's around, the Bible says. And she propositions him again. Now, I'm not sure how she's dressed and what she looks like, but we can just make assumptions. And no one's there, the Bible says. Not a soul. No one would know. And the Bible says, one more time, Joseph says, no. She grabs a hold of his cloak. And as she grabs a hold of it, he runs and leaves his cloak behind. You know what she does? She goes to Potiphar. She's embarrassed. She's mad. Uh, She feels rejected. She's insecure, obviously, because she's throwing herself at this guy. She goes to Potiphar, and she lies about Joseph. She tells him that Joseph kept coming at me and propositioning me, and I fought him off, my little tough self. I've been taking Zumba classes, and I fought him off of me, right? And Joseph ends up getting in trouble and going back to prison. Now, it ends up all right because he stays in prison for for some time. He gets forgotten in prison, and then he gets elevated to the CFO of Egypt, the most powerful nation in the world at that time. So stuff turns out well for him. But I think, I think, if he didn't make that decision in this moment, here's what I think, we're not talking about him today. If he didn't decide not to have that, that one night stand, or not to embark in that hidden relationship, that, that relationship he wasn't supposed to have, if he didn't decide to say no in that moment, are we still talking about Joseph thousands of years later? He's just one of us, he's just coming. And instead, we're talking about the goodness and the grace and the mercies and how God leads and guides our steps. Let me just give you a couple encouraging things. Three, what I would call behind the scene decisions. Maybe moments that you are going to need to make. Maybe something you need to do right now. Number one is this. is There's decisions that you need to not do something. The decisions to not do something. There's, there's moments. There's what I would call moments where you say no. Think about this. Uh, Adam, Eve, Cain, Samson, David... Solomon these are guys and girls from the Bible you know what they all have in common they couldn't say no Adam and Eve couldn't say no to eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil Cain couldn't say no to his anger when he killed his brother Samson couldn't say no if you breathed, he couldn't say no if you don't know the story of Samson he's a womanizer he has a problem David couldn't say no when he captured a, a view of Bathsheba from his rooftop bathing he couldn't say no Solomon couldn't say no to any female that's why he had a thousand wives They they just can't say no. And I got to tell you something. There is decisions that you're going to have to say no to that nobody else can say no to in your life. There's things that you might have to stop doing that nobody else can say to you, hey, you need to stop doing that in your life. Did you see the interesting part of that story? If you go back to Genesis 39, verse number 11, it says he went into the house to attend to his duties. And the Bible says none of the household servants was inside. In, 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 In other words, These are the decisions that you might have to make that nobody's ever going to know that you actually made. These are the things in your life right now that you think nobody knows about. These are the things you do during the week. These are the moments where you said to yourself, okay, I'm never going to do that again, and you do it again. You know what I'm talking about? We've all been there. These are, these are these decisions. These are these decisions that, like, even if you don't make them, nobody's ever going to know that you didn't make them. Nobody would have ever known. Think about it. He could have slept with her. He could have started an affair with her. Potiphar's going to keep traveling. There's no cameras at that time. There's no social media. There's no one around. He's trusted, right? He could have put a fake smile on. He could have worked really hard and overcompensated when, when Potiphar was home, and nobody would have ever known. But for some reason, he had the ability to turn down this woman, to say no to something. This is what it's like when you say no to that affair that you have the opportunity to have or to not do something that weakens your integrity or when you decide to say no to a toxic relationship or no to a job opportunity that's going to take you away from your family even though you're going to make more money. No, when somebody says, how do you do those things? Well, here's what I found. Uh, The most successful people in the world, they make their decisions based off of a dream or vision of something that hasn't yet come. So, so for, for Joseph, you don't know his whole story. He had these dreams, right? I told you he probably shouldn't have been sharing them. But these dreams are from God. You, you know that he, he's a dreamer because if you read his story, all through his story, he's able to interpret dreams. It's a gift from God. Right? I don't know if any of you have ever had a dream that comes to pass. Like I've been there before where in this church even, there were dreams I would have specifically about things that were going to come into the church that hadn't yet come. Uh, that happened then. It's weird. So sometimes I have a dream, and I'm like, I hope that was Mexican food and not not a real dream, because I don't want that to happen, right? So God speaks like that. So God spoke to Joseph, and it wasn't like this weird dream that wasn't going to come to pass. I think he knew, like, this eventually, it's not here yet, but eventually it's going to come to pass. So if you say to me, how did he make a decision in that moment to not sleep with this woman, even though nobody would know that he didn't make that decision? Here's why. Because he had attached himself to a dream that had not yet come to fruition. Let me, let, me, let me show you how I do that in my own life. Uh, so here, here's my dream for when I get older, right? So I'm, I'm 40. So let me say 65, 70 years old. My dream is I have three boys. Um, God willing, I want them all to find godly uh, wives, right? Like g- good wives. Maybe, maybe some of your daughters. We can, we can talk later. And so, uh, and I want them to have, have kids. Like if, if God allowed, I want them to have kids. And I want to be in the same house that I currently am in, God willing. I want this to be their home and I want them to come want to come home to this house and I want them to bring their wives and I want them a few years into their marriage to start having kids and I want them to bring their kids and I you know someday we want to open up the walls we live in a house from the 60s and so everything's closed off someday we're going to open it up and put a big island and you know a bigger table My, my, my dream is someday they're going to come home right it's going to be a normal Christmas not a 2020 Christmas not a quarantine Christmas not a zoom Christmas but a real Christmas right where you come in, and they're going to come in, and their, their kids are going to be all around my, my my island, and we're all going to be sitting at the table, and I'm going to be at at, the, at at a seat in the table. I'm going to have all gray hair, but I'm going to still have my hair in my dream. I'm going to still have all of my hair, right? I'm going to be a little bit heavier, but I'm going to sit, and I'm going to look at my kids, and they're going to have married wives, and, and they're going to have pick wives based on the standard of the mom that they had, and they're going to realize they need a godly wife, not just a pretty wife, not an Instagram famous wife or a good dancer on TikTok wife, but they need a godly wife, right, that loves the Lord, that'll be be truthful with them. Come on, if you're a, if you're a, if you're a man, you want to look for a, a woman that's going to be honest with you, that's not going to s- blow smoke up you, you know what, but they're going to be honest with you, and they're going to be a teammate with you, and they're not, they're not just sitting, like, you want that type of, and I want them to marry that type of, 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 of spiritual giant in their life and they have lots of kids three four ten kids whatever they want to have it's their problem right and so they have and then they look around and me and my wife are still married We've sat at all their weddings, right, and, and, and by each other, not at separate sides and not with anger at each other. But we sat at all of their weddings. Or maybe they've given me the opportunity to marry them and their mom's sitting there. And I want them to have that future. That is the dream that I have, God willing, if it gives me that much breath in my lungs. So here's what happens. There's moments in my life where you get tired of being married or you think to look the grass is greener on the other side. It would be easier just to give up and just to go away. You know what keeps me going? The dream. The, the dream is what keeps me going. How did Joseph keep going? He has a God-sized dream. Some of you have no vision for your life. You just let the wind blow you where it may go. Why do you date that person? <laughs> They're breathing. That's it. They breathe. They like me, right? It's not. They love the Lord. They're working hard. They don't have debt. We're gonna buy this house. We're gonna live here. We're gonna have babies. We have this dream. We're gonna serve. We're gonna reach out to people that are less fortunate to us. We're living a life of mission, man. You gotta have a God-sized dream or vision to keep you going when it's easier to quit. Let me just give you two more, Lord. You can come play. Number two is this: is there's decisions this year you're gonna have to make that where you're gonna have to let go of something. Some of you are holding on to something, and your refusal to let it go is actually holding you hostage you refuse to, to let it go to let go of a relationship to let go of a dream hey I'm just, to let go of control you just refuse to let it go did you notice what happens in this story in, in Genesis 39 if you go back and read the Bible says that he gets caught by his cloak and she says come to bed with me right uh, and the Bible says he leaves his cloak in her hand and he runs out of the house now why is that significant well if you go to Genesis chapter 37, uh, you find out that he, he had that coat that his father had given him. And when he gets sold into slavery, what do they take from him? His coat. Dude keeps losing his coat. He keeps, keeps giving it up. And I think he learned in, in that part of his life that there's going to be things in your life that you're going to have to let go of, and that, that, that coat represent, represented a dream. The dream was, I'm gonna be my father's favorite. My father's gonna give me responsibility. I'm gonna grow old and with my father and watch, my, you know, have kids. And this is this is this is the dream that Joseph probably had for his life and that Jacob probably had for Joseph. And God had different plans for him. He has to let go of it. Now he's working in Potiphar's house. And I, you ever been in a job where you're like, I I want to, I want to die in this job? Like you, th- you think slavery oftentimes it doesn't work out like it does for Joseph. Like he's he he sold against his will, but and I'm not saying uh, that was right or wrong. But what I'm saying, or or, or or right, what I'm saying is he he has a good thing going. Like he he's in control of Potiphar's house. He 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 eats whatever he wants. The Bible says that Potiphar put him in charge of everything, everything. This is a good thing. I mean, if he would just sleep with this woman, he would keep the good thing going. the Bible says he leaves he let he lets it go and some of you you're you're so concerned with what you have a hold of right now you're like I can't let it go because God if if I let it go I don't know what he's gonna do and I just want to I just want to give you a couple encouraging things that I have often read to myself because I found when you follow God oftentimes you're letting go of things and here's what I wrote down God will never leave you empty he will always replace everything that you lose if he asks you to put something down, it's because he wants you to pick something greater up, right? Let me, let me give you, if God can take away something that you never expected to lose in your life, guess what he can do? He can replace it with something that you never imagined having. He can take something that you never could imagine losing, and he can give you something that you look at and you go, how could I ever have that? And every time you say bye to something today, you are enabling yourself to say hello to something God has ever, great in store for you tomorrow there's things you have to let go and the last one is there's decisions to go a different direction this one's important to go a different direction the the bible says in in genesis 39 but he leaves his cloak and what does he do he runs out of the house and and here's why i I, I never i never i never paid much attention to the, the, the whole picture of this story right i dissected this part like this but when i read earlier it doesn't say that potiphar's wife came to him one time right? One time, in proposition and one time. What does the Bible say? Over and over and over again. So he's in this situation. It's toxic, but he also doesn't want to give it up, right? Like he doesn't want to give it up. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's toxic. It's overwhelming. It's draining. It's tiring. It takes your energy. It's not healthy, but you also don't want to give it up because you don't know what's on the other side. So he just stays in it, she comes to him, he escapes, she comes to him, he escapes, he's all oh, shucks, like I don't want to talk to you about this, It's is super awkward, my boss's wife is into me. He Talks to the other, the other servants or slaves, I don't know what, like, you know what I'm saying, like this is this situation, and then finally she corners him, and he makes a decision, and the decision is he doesn't turn her down gently, and, and, and he doesn't stay in it one more day, the Bible says that he turns and he runs, and here's why this is important. I think he knew by making that drastic decision that his job, his security, and maybe his future was in question. He didn't know what, like, think about it. She's going to go tell. She's embarrassed. She's insecure. You've now, you've now turned her down. Nothing worse than a woman scorned, as they say. She goes to Potiphar. She blames Joseph. He propositioned me. He tried to sleep with me. Look, he took his jacket off, tried to show me his pecs. Look, I got his jacket, right? look what he did do you think potiphar is going to trust joseph in that situation he's not going to give joseph the benefit of the doubt he doesn't want the embarrassment of his so-called wife his being unfaithful to him and propositioning a slave so he knows if he runs his life is over and that's exactly what happened he runs and the bible says he gets accused he gets put in prison he stays there for a while but the lord is just putting him to the next place he's actually promoting him and there's these decisions in your life you have to make that could cost you. Like, I, I, I started thinking about this because, you know, we, we, we oftentimes uh, ask people to follow Christ in this church at, at the end of our services pretty much every week. Eh, every week we do that, right? Every week we ask people to respond to the gospel. And we'll say stuff like, you know, God has a good plan for your life. He wants to give you grace and mercy and hope and a new day and it'll be a new creation and what's true of you when you got here is no longer true of you all of these things are, are right, right? but then I also started thinking sometimes we, we, don't, we don't fully convey what's next right? like we, 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 don't, we don't convey what's next, right? so he made a decision like yeah, he made the right decision but you know what followed? really difficult years you know what happens after you decide to give your life to Christ? you're, you're secure eternally but oftentimes it's really difficult after that oftentimes you lose friendships oftentimes people think you're weird oftentimes people have different values than you then for you to live for the Lord and stand on his truth you can already tell it's going to be a lot different than what the world says is okay for you to read the Bible and do what it says And, and sometimes I think we tell people look just serve the Lord and everything will be okay but man sometimes sometimes it gets difficult Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes there's persecution. Sometimes you, you lose so that you can gain. That, that's what the, the word repentance actually means in Scripture, by the way. Uh, it, it, in Greek, it means to, to do a 180. And so you're, you're, you're running, you're running, you're there, you're getting proposition, you're holding on, and then you meet Christ, and you completely do a 180, and you run towards Him. You, 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 you almost despise your old life. You don't hold on to it. and hey, let me take a few few souvenirs let me no no i'm gonna give everything away to you and i'm gonna wholeheartedly serve you and i i I was actually convicted as i prepared this message because i don't think i do that good enough i don't think i tell people listen he loves you but you're gonna have to let go of everything from your past and wholeheartedly follow him you know what happens when you do that real peace real joy real purpose real passion you're not pulled back and forth and moved back and forth and up and down and afraid you know you've given your life completely to God and when you've given your life completely to God he's going to maintain you he's going to sustain you he's going to be faithful you can trust him man it's the peace that surpasses all understanding that happens in your life but you got to let stuff go you got to turn there's decisions that you make you need to run from stuff today and run towards Christ would you do me a favor? Would you stand up and would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? And uh, we're gonna have a good time in this in this sermon series. But this is one of those sermon series that it's only as fruitful as you are willing to, to be a participator in it. it, it it's not. Like, I don't want to give you a good speech for four weeks for thirty minutes. That's that's that's, that's lame. I want to give you truth, and then I want to step out of the way and I want to let the Holy Spirit uh, convict guide encourage strengthen lead bring to light decisions you need to stop something you need to let go of something you need to step into some of you as we close some of you when i talked about that giving up your life and following christ man something began to happen you're not a religious person at all you don't usually come to church you're like i don't understand, i can't even believe that this is doing something in my spirit but but the lord has been working as i've been speaking and uh, as the band was singing and you know you could feel the energy in the room the bible says we're two or more gathered in the name of jesus that he's there and you felt this this pull this pull you felt this tug you've The words that I've been speaking, like you've been in church before, but these words that I've been speaking, they're not better. It's not better presented, right? They're not more eloquent or or something that you've never heard before, but something changed. It's the Spirit of God. And He's doing inside work in your life right now. Some of you have carried the weight of your your life. Some of you carry the weight of anger and depression. And some of you have tried to control it. And some of you have tried to be the boss of your own life. And man, right now you're at a place, man, where you're just ready to say, you know what? I'm going to turn my life to Christ. That's what this place is about. It's not religion. Religion says you you need to get better. Then God will love you. Get better. Try harder. Don't, Don't do this. You did it again last week. Feel bad don't sing this week because you're a hypocrite you're fake you don't mean that that that's that's religion it's like having a relationship with a parent that is never happy that you're not quite sure if they like you that you're not quite sure if you're supposed to be part of the family it creates insecurity and anger competition with your siblings that's religion who has the best religion A relationship with God is listen you're broken and lost and I'm broken and lost and I'm hurting and I'm a mess and I can't fix myself man but the Lord came to me that's what the Bible says God sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life Jesus came from heaven and stepped into this broken world to come and save people just like me and just like you and the Bible says if you would just call in the name of the Lord you don't got to understand it all You don't got to have it all figured out, but you need to be willing to humble yourself before him. You don't have it all together. You're not that strong. You're not that organized. You can't change yourself. That's what you're saying. But I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to ask him to come in and save me. The Bible says if you would just call on his name in scripture, that he would come in and save you. And he's here right now, friend. I don't know you. I don't know where you've been. I don't know your background, your history, your baggage, but I do know a few things about you. I know you're not an accident. I know God put you on this earth at this time in history to accomplish something significant through your life. I know before the foundations of the world that he molded you, he created you, and I know he loves you more than anybody has ever loved you, and he wants a relationship with you desperately. And I know he's knocking at the door of your heart, and for some of you, he's been knocking for a long time, a long time. And I know you have an opportunity to say yes to him. January 10, 2021, yes to Jesus. And so and we're going to pray in a second in Montgomeryville and here. And if you're here with us and you would say, hey, that's me. If you're in Montgomeryville and you would say, hey, that's me. Like, I, you're talking to me. I in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You know, there's this universal sign in all the world of surrender. What is it? Put your hands in the air. And that just means I surrender. What does that mean? I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to run anymore. I don't want to be in control anymore. Jesus, I want to give you my life right now. So we're going to do that all over this place. This is a moment of surrender. Jesus, I want to give my life to you right now. I'm tired of running, and I'm tired of carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. Jesus, come in to my life. Come on, if that's you all over our houses in Montgomeryville and here, and you're ready to say, I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ right now. Unashamedly, nobody's looking around. People got problems of their own all around you, but you know this is who I am. I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Come on, in courage and in faith and in boldness. Come on, put your hand straight towards heaven and say, Hey, Pastor, that's going to be me. Come on, high up in the air. Come on, there's a hand right there. Yes. Anybody else? Hand right here. Yeah. Hand over here. Yeah, yeah. Hand, hand. Yes. Yes. Unashamedly. Unashamedly. If you're in Montgomery, you're just going to keep your hand in heaven. If you're watching online, uh, we have a moderator. You're just going to type in the comments, hey, I need to respond to the gospel, and they're going to let me know. Uh, we're going to pray together. And uh, the reason we clap, I don't, I don't, I don't want to weird you out because so many times, like, well, I think they didn't say you're going to clap for me, right? Uh, but the Bible, it communicates some messages about eternity. We don't know a lot about it. Um, it says stuff like no eye has seen, no ear has heard, the things that God has prepared for those uh, that have been called according to his name, right, Christians? And uh, uh, the other verse says this, that when one person, one person comes home to the Lord, responds to the gospel. It says, all of heaven stops to celebrate. That's an incredible picture. The Bible talks about this great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. Just step back and imagine that. Right? Like, they're just, they're just celebrating. Like, there's people who were lost and are now found. There's people that were desperate, and now they have hope, right? So when we clap, we're celebrating that. We're celebrating with the people online and the people in Montgomeryville. Let's begin to pray all over our house. Lord, we love you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for my friends, but more importantly, your kids, your children, your creation, that you love so much that you sent your son to seek and to save them. And Lord, we had the opportunity as a church to sing about your truth and to celebrate your presence and to open up your word. And here's what happens when all those things happen. Lord we can get out of the way and your power, your strength, your truth can move in people's lives and change them forever. You can break addictions, you can bring hope to hopeless, Lord where people were bitter and angry, Lord you can bring peace and joy, Lord we're grateful for all that you've done. Lord here's the promise of scripture, it's better to be one day in your household than it is to be a thousands elsewhere. Lord one moment with you can change everything. Lord, that's happening right here in this moment. Lord, something is changing. New minds, Lord, new hearts, Lord, new lives are being birthed in this moment through relationship with you, Jesus Christ, and we love you. And Lord, as we, we pray and we thank you for that, Lord, this series, we want this to be fruitful. Lord, I want, I want people to look back uh, in January and say, man, uh, uh, it... it this is the month that we made these decisions Lord and decisions determine destinies and Lord so we look back in 2021 or even man maybe four or five years from now we go it was in that moment where I allowed the Lord to speak to me through his word and I stepped out in faith I participated in his story for my life Lord, that he stepped up and he did what only he could do. Lord, thank you, Lord, for all of those stories that are going to happen over the next few weeks as we head into this year and into the future that you've called us to. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, one more time, all over this place. Let's shout amen and let's clap together. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message, or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.